mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Repent and Be Baptized. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 36 through 42. Here now, Pastor Moody. The Lord began to deal with me about Acts chapter 2 and the fact that that first Sunday or that first day when the church was born and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost and people got saved and they baptized 3,000 that day and added them to the church. And so I started just going back and researching, looking at that a little bit. And I just want to preach a little bit. And if you'd go with me to Acts chapter 2, we want to start reading verse number 36. The Word of God says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly or certainly that God hath made that same Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Whom you have crucified, God has made that Jesus Lord, somebody say Lord, and Christ. Lord and Christ. Amen. Verse number 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what, what do we need to do? Amen. And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Say this with me. Every one of you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I love that, for the promise. The promise of the, Jesus said, the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me, the Comforter, the one that would come, the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even those that live in Madison County, Kentucky in 2021. Amen. All that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse number 42 said, amen. I'm sorry, verse number 41. Let me back up. Verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. He encouraged them saying, save yourselves from this world and its influences, this untoward generation. That's what that means. And then it said, they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I want to do that once before I go to heaven. I want to baptize 3,000 people. I want to see, I mean, I can't do it myself, but I want to see what that looks like. And somebody say, how many is going to help me with that goal? I believe our hop can baptize 3,000 in one day, amen, in 2021. Hallelujah. What in the world will you do with them? We'll rent a warehouse, start satellite churches, we'll do something. Can you say amen? And we'll put them someplace. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, praise the Lord. Then the scripture said, then they that gladly received his word, amen, were baptized. The Lord added to the church that day 3,000 souls. Look at verse number 42. I love this. Amen. Verse number 42 says, and they continued. 
Say that with me. Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. They continued. Say that again. They continued. They didn't quit. They kept going. I want to preach just a little bit uh, out of verse number 37. When they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse number 38, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That's my, that's my topic. Repent, say it with me. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Bless us today as we minister. Touch hearts. If there's a sinner, a backslider, somebody that's not certain, somebody that just needs to rededicate and regain their first love, work with them today. Let them know that there's no place like, the, like being in the will of God and in the presence of God. And there's no horrible place like being outside of that. God, let your will be done and we'll give you praise. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. Amen. I was thinking as we were baptizing a while ago, what a wonderful beginning. What a starting place this is for a new convert. I remember about 42 years ago that Sister Moody and I got baptized. It was early in April and it was in Tate's Creek, and the water was cold, but I rejoiced, amen, when they buried me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But what a beginning this was that I read to you. I mean this thing that we call the, the church where it started. It started here where I just read to you in the upper room. Twelve apostles had walked with Jesus. They had followed him. They learned from him. He had spoken of their lives. Studying the book of Matthew, I find that there's five major divisions in the book of Matthew. And at the, at the end of every one of those divisions, Jesus does a teaching. And every, one, every time it says that when he had ended this teaching, then he starts the next section. And during those five divisions of Matthew, they learned everything they needed to know about how to live for God, about what it meant to be saved, about being filled with the Holy Spirit, about the second coming of Christ, everything. The Great Commission is, is concealed there. Everything that they needed to know, they, they found it. And so they're in the upper room now, 120 of them. The Bible says, according to what the Bible teaches, Jesus rose from the dead. He walked around here on the earth for 40 days. People saw him. He was saw by over 500 at one time. And then he commanded them not to depart but tarry in Jerusalem till they were endued with power. 120, listen, the other, the other 380 went off somewhere else. But 120 of them followed Jesus, went to the upper room, obeyed him, and then the fire fell. Can you say amen? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and Peter comes out preaching the word of God, which is amazing because Peter was lukewarm, backslid, and half dead, amen, when Jesus got crucified. He cursed that night and said, I don't know him. And then the rooster crowed and he got convicted and went out and wept. And, he, and when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Jerusalem, back in the upper room where they'd had the last supper, where Jesus had, had took the last supper with them and had washed their feet. And they go back to the upper room and, and the fire falls and the Holy Ghost is poured out. And the Bible says, I'm gonna hurry it, it was noised abroad you got to understand for all those Jews that were there. And, and I, I looked, they came as far uh, as from the far east out of Mesopotamia and as, from the, as far west as, as over into Italy and the Roman Empire. They came from the north and the south. And the Bible names them. All those Jewish people of Jewish descent who grew up in foreign lands. And, and they came back and many of them did not know the Galilean language. 
But that 120 gets filled with the Holy Ghost and they start speaking in tongues. And they're speaking in, in the languages of all these Jews that have come from all over the world, from Elam and Mesopotamia and Cappadocia and Egypt and, and so on and so on. And they're speaking the great mysteries of God. And they, they, they start wondering what's going on. These are ignorant, unlearned Galileans. They don't even know the sacred language. They don't even know the Hebrew that's used in temple worship. But they're hillbillies, can you say amen? But they're speaking under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And they're speaking in these wonderful languages, the greatness of the goodness of God. And so they come to Peter. And, uh, you know, I thought like this, it's the holiest time of the year. They're there from Passover 50 days all the way through Pentecost. There's, there's maybe in Jerusalem, and this was massive for that day and time, about 100,000 visitors in the city and they've come expecting Messiah. They've come every year, amen, with sacrifices and offerings, believing this could be the time, amen, that they might find him. And how many knows they did? Because the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room and Peter came out preaching. You know what he was preaching? He was preaching Jesus, hallelujah. And uh, he said "You." they denied him, they refused him, and they crucified him. Somebody help me preach right there. Now, hungry hearts are there. They wanna be filled. Jesus had said in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, amen. Let me ask you something. Are you hungry for satisfaction? Are you hungry for peace of mind? Are you hungry to get delivered from anxiety and fear and stress and all that's going on in the world? I've got a word for you. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness because now they shall be filled. The Holy Ghost wasn't just put upon a David or a Daniel or a Joseph, but he was poured out on all flesh, hallelujah. He was poured out that the whosoever will could come and drink the water of life and eat the bread of heaven and be satisfied. Oh, give him praise if you will. Oh yeah, hallelujah. You see, this is where it all started. The Bible says from here over in Acts 17, it says that they turned the world upside down. They revolutionized worship. They revolutionized religion. Man had practiced religion trying to work his way to God. But now, in a moment's time, God has changed all of that. I feel like shouting this morning. When I couldn't get to him, he came to me. Hallelujah. Religion, whoa, couldn't find God. But Pentecost brought God down to our level. Amen. So we could be filled with his glory and filled with his goodness. Oh, hallelujah. They turned the world upside down. Can I just digress a moment and ask you a question, church? What's our purpose for being here? Now, that first century church turned the world upside down. We're in the 21st century. Why are we here? Why are we saved? Those of you that just got baptized. Are we supposed to do now? Are we just supposed to kind of hang around and just try to stay saved and just try to make it, you know, till Jesus comes? I've been in church services for 42 years, and I've heard them stand up and say, children, y'all pray for me. I sure want to hold on. But Lord knows I want to make it. And I want to scream at them, what's wrong with you? I don't really care if you make it or not. 
if that's all you got in your mind, because our purpose for being here is the same purpose they had. God's called us to turn the world upside down. Yes, sir. God's called us to take the gospel to the world. God's called us to see them saved, not just one or two at a time, but by the thousands. Can you say amen? That's who we are. Touch somebody, touch a neighbor, and say, you better get ready. I'm about to get radical. I'm about to get on fire. I feel like turning the world upside down. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, I feel like praising him. I feel like preaching. I feel like running back there and grab some of you by the nap of the neck and drag you down to the altar. But God said, don't do it, I will. Hallelujah. You know, something happened in this upper room that I think was just amazing. Hallelujah. When you think about our purpose and, and what God's called us to do, I, I want us to look a little closer at what happened on the day of Pentecost. First of all, they're preaching Jesus. And the scripture says that, amen, that uh, he, he said, the same Jesus that you crucified, God, watch this, has made him both Lord. You know what the word Lord means? It means God. God has made him God himself. The Bible said that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isaiah said that a virgin would conceive, bring forth the son, and we would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void without form. God did it. The Bible said, and the Spirit of God hovered over the deep, but the word was spoke and said, let there be light. I want to tell you, Jesus is more than a man. Hallelujah. He's more than a rabbi. He's more than a priest. He asked Peter and the other apostles, who do they say I am? They think you're one of the prophets, but who do you think I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the anointed one. God made him both Lord and Christ. Can you say amen? Which means the anointed one. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, talking about Jesus. And I didn't give you all this scripture, but amen. The Bible said he made himself of no reputation. Jesus did. He took upon him the form of a servant. And verse number seven was made in the likeness of man. Verse eight said he humbled himself. Amen. And became obedient to unto death, even to the death of the cross. Y'all ready to shout with me now? But then it said because of that, wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and gave him a name that's a above every name. Somebody help me shout right there. I've come to preach Jesus. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. He's God. Can you say amen? You got a problem you can't handle? God has made him both Lord and Christ. You're in trouble? God has made him both Lord and Christ. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you're able Oh, Lord. I want to say something here. This Jesus, this Jesus you rejected, this Jesus you crucified, this Jesus you, you, you beat upon his back, took stripes for your healing. Can, can I shout it right now and tell somebody this? We're guilty of all that. 
Amen. He died not just for the sins of the Romans that beat him or the Jews that persecuted him and arrested him, but I thank God he died for the sin of Owen Moody. He died for the sin of Orville Shanks. He died for the sin of Tommy Ballard. He died for the sin of Brian. Are you here, Brian Spencer? He died for my beautiful wife's sin. I, I want to shout to somebody and tell you that you're guilty of what they charged him with, what they did to him. What do you do when you're guilty? When you're, notice what they said. They said, what, verse 37, they said, what shall we do? How should we respond? Well, honey, you just need to go to church. And you need to get on the Sunday school roll. And you need to find you something to do, like, you know, mowing the grass or, you know, or cleaning the bathrooms. I know there's something you could do that'll fix this with you and God. Wrong answer. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter had an answer for him. Can I tell you, when we're faced with the truth about who Jesus really is and our guilt before God, I remember standing in a garage one time talking to the proprietor and I felt to witness to him. And I started talking to him about how much Jesus loved him and how much he needed to be saved. Wasn't nobody there but me and him. We're just talking. I never forget his answer. He bristled up. He looked at me and said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a good man. I don't do anything wrong. Just so happened, I knew the woman he was cheating on his wife with. <laughs> don't you tell me you ain't doing nothing wrong. I looked you in the face and said, you're lying. We've all sinned. Can you say amen? We're all guilty. And the scripture said, when, when, when we're faced with the truth about the anointed one, Jesus, Lord and Christ. Can you say that with me? Jesus, Lord and Christ. I mean, that covers everything. He's holy God. He's Lord. And he's anointed. He's Christ. He knows everything. Can't hide from him. The black congregations used to sing, there ain't no hiding place down here. He reveals who you are. And when people are faced with that, there's really only two possible responses. You, you judge yourself here. I won't judge. You judge yourself. When you're faced with who Jesus is, that he's Lord in Christ and that you're guilty, there's only two possible responses. One is contempt in the heart of that person that hears it, which leads to rejection. The other response, are you ready, is conviction. Oh, I need him. I need him. I'm lost. I need him. Is anybody hearing me? Let me talk to these young people over here. Have you ever come to a crisis situation where you either had to have contempt for Christ or conviction about who you were? You had to make a decision. That, that's what theologians call a crisis of faith. You come to a place where you look at the cross and you see the one that died for you. He said, if I'm being lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. What shall we do, Lord? He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness to that snake bit bunch, if the Son of Man's lifted up, 
up. There's a way out of death. Woo! There's a way out of sin. There's a way out of ungodliness. What shall we do? They had to make a decision. Can you say amen? That's why Jesus told the church in Mark 16 and 15, the Bible said, he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, Chris, God didn't save you just for you to sit back and holler, hallelujah, I got mine, amen. God saved you to be a witness, to be a light. If it's driving that 18-wheeler, talking on that CB, sitting in a truck stop at a loading dock, wherever it might be, God's getting, whoa, come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you, we need to, we need to look at people. It doesn't matter if they're black. It doesn't matter if they're white. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter if they're tattooed and pierced and got a bone stuck through their nose or chains hanging through their eyebrows. When you look at them, all you need to see is this. Are they saved or are they lost? That My God, that's what God called us to. Preach the gospel to the world. Hallelujah. I got a contact from Pakistan this week. They're wanting to take our program and put it on Yahshua TV in Pakistan in the 1040 window. Yippee. In the heart of Islam. And if they're watching us, I told them about our live stream this morning. I've got a word for you. Repent and be baptized. Get saved, every one of you. What shall we do? Let me go on. He said, preach the gospel to the world. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. One choice or the other. He that believes not shall be damned. It's either contempt or conviction. What about you? I mean, God ain't gonna listen to your little excuses. God ain't gonna put up with you very long, stand around saying, well, I'll just get saved when I want to. An old boy I used to drink with some and back when I was a sinner, I'd got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And he heard about it, and I ran into him one day at a shell mart. And uh, they didn't call them shell marts back then. They were just shells. All you got was gas and oil. And uh, he saw me. I went inside to get me a pop on my way to my job. And he said, I heard about you. I said, what would you hear? He said, I heard you got religion. I said, well, I don't know if that's what it is or not. But I got born again. I got saved. I said, I'm different. He said, you sort of look different. I said, I feel different. He said, you talk different. I said, I know. It's because some inside of me is coming out. It's a little bit different than what it was. So standing right there in the Shell gas station, buying a Mountain Dew, I told him about the water of life. I shared Jesus with him. The guy behind the counter was looking at me suspicious. And I said, you don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for. Hallelujah. I said, it won't leave you hungover like the stuff you've been drinking does. Come on. I said, it won't mess up your life like this stuff has. I said, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. And tears started down his cheek. I said, he said, I'll come to church. I said, no, let's pray right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. The guy behind the counter said, sir, you're going to have to move that stuff outside. I said, come on outside, honey. Let's go. He wouldn't pray with me. He was confronted with Christ, Lord. He's, he's God and he's the anointed one. He's, he's the, I mean, you don't need to look no farther. You have stumbled upon the very place God intended for you to find your whole life when you get to the cross. 
I mean, if you walk past the cross and win, somebody told me here a while back the lottery was a billion dollars. If you walk past the cross and buy that winning lottery ticket, you poor fool. Hmm. It's either contempt or conviction when you're confronted with Jesus, the crisis. Can you say, let me hurry. Paul said it like this, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10. He said, talking about when the Antichrist comes, he comes with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish. Watch it. Here's why people perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth. It's either contempt or conviction. You, you either love it or you hate it. You, you either pick it up or you walk away from it. Isaiah said, truth has fallen in the street. And people are walking over there. They didn't care about it, Joe. But now the Holy Ghost says in this last day, I'm presenting to you Christ. He's both Lord and Christ Jesus. He's Lord. He's God. He's holy. And he's the anointed one. He's the way in. I don't have any problem saying Jesus is God. I don't have any trouble, pro problem saying the Holy Ghost is God. I don't have any problem saying the Father is God. Amen. I'm not oneness. I'm a Trinity person, but I believe these three exist as one. Are you hearing me? Can I tell you something? You're a Trinity too. You may not know this, but you're an eternal spirit that just happens to live in this dumpy thing we call the flesh. And we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotion. We're a... Your Bible, I'm about to have me a fifth, said you're made in the image of God. He created, it don't mean physically we all look like God because God ain't that ugly. But it means God's a trinity. And Dalton Hutton, so are we. I'm glad I got my soul saved. I'm glad I got my eternal spirit saved. I'm glad I got born again. Yippee, hallelujah. This old body, this wrinkled thing with the hair coming out and the, and the spots from the blood tenders and all that stuff, one day it's gonna be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye. And I'm gonna get a new body, one suited for eternity. You wanna see good looking, just find me over there because I'm gonna look like Jesus. Are you? Oh, come on, somebody. I've come to tell you it's either amen it's either conviction or contempt what are you going to do with Jesus let me, let me, let me hurry I'm going to close I promise you I'll be done by it quit I'll be done in a few minutes let me, let me go on repent he says all of you repent Jesus said except you repent you'll all perish then he says, be baptized, every one of you. Somebody said, well, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. No, but if you get saved, you'll get baptized. Because baptism identifies. When we took you under that water, we buried you with Jesus. Shakatola bahataya. And we didn't leave you down there. Somebody say, hallelujah. We brought you back up. Because you could walk with Jesus. I'm a feeling the Lord. You could walk with him, hallelujah, in the newness of life. I'm a new creature. How many has been born again? Turn around and tell three people I'm a new creature. Look at them. I got born again. I'm a new creature. Tell them, say, I'm saved. Glory to God. If they won't listen to you, shake them. Shake them. Say, I'm saved. Hallelujah. I'm a new creature. 
Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Me and Dwayne Marbley was working third shift years ago and I had a 77 Pontiac Grand, T Grand Prix. And it was two door. And I pulled into the gas station down on uh, 2nd Street to get some gas. And there's two fellas sitting on the curb. One of them said, how you doing, buddy? I said, I'm doing good. How are you? He said, we need a ride out in the country. And I mean, they look rough. And I thought, I bet you do. <laughs> and they said, we're supposed to go down this road here and help a man work in the back of the bar. I said, I'm sorry. I'm going a different route. I'm going to Lexington. Shouldn't have told him where I was going. And I went and paid for my gas. Come back out. One of them said, hey, man. I said, hey, what? He said, we just thought we'd ride to Lexington with you. And they were ugly. And they looked mean. Back then, I weighed about 160. And I was lean, but I wasn't that mean. Can you say amen? And uh, Dwayne was in the car waiting on me. Dwayne was real young, kind of scared. You know, he won't care for me saying this if he's watching. And uh, they said, we're just going to ride Lexington with you. And I started to say, no. And the Holy Ghost said, yes. I said, you sure you know what you're doing? I said, Lord, did you look at these guys? He said, take them. I come to the car and I said, Wayne, these guys going to ride with us. Wayne looked at me like, you sure you know what you do? <laughs> Have you looked at these guys? So they got in the back seat. I could feel them breathing back there. They was alive. And we were riding along and I'm sitting up there under my breath praying in tongues. We were riding along, one of them said a little something, and I said a little something, and directly one of them leaned up on the back of my seat and said, you're a man of God, aren't you? And I got bold, I said, I sure am. You're a preacher? I said, I am. Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. He said, Pentecost. I said, yeah. He said, "Woo!" I said, glory. <laughs> Let's stop and shout a while. And uh, he said, we just got out of prison. I said, oh. Next question, what was you in for? <laughs> I promise, he said, armed robbery. Dwayne has passed out at this time. <laughs> Not really. This is all true. You can ask Dwayne. He'll, he'll tell you. And one of them spoke up and said, preacher, will you help me? I said, I sure will. What do you need? He said, while I was in prison, I read the book of Revelation 13 times. I thought, dear God, I ain't read it that many times. <laughs> he said, what does it all mean? I said, well, I'm going to give you the short version because we ain't got time. We're almost, we're rolling toward Lexington. I said, the version is, the short version is this. I said, Jesus is coming after the church and the mark of the beast is going to be unleashed. He said, oh, I read about that. And I said, and the Antichrist is coming, that great dragon, the old devil, Satan himself. And, and I said, the plagues are going to be unleashed and he's going to start destroying the world. And halfway through the tribulation, then the judgment of God falls and two-thirds of the earth's population is probably going to die and the water is going to be turned to blood and the fish are going to die and the earth's going to stink. It's going to be so plagued and so bad, God will have to purge it with fire to make it inhabitable. There won't even be any water left. And he said back our breathing hard, going, oh. I read that, didn't know what it meant. He said, what must we do? I said, get right with God. He said, I'm saved. I said, then stay that way. 
Because I said, sir, if you stay saved, this Jesus, the one they crucified, the one God raised from the dead, the one sent back the Holy Ghost, he's coming back after the church. Hallelujah. Let, let me hurry. What shall we do? Peter responded and said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission or the putting away of sin, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you need to repent and receive. Say that with me. Repent, be baptized, and receive. Say it again. Repent, be baptized, and receive. It's a continual process. Repent, be baptized, and receive. I repented. I got baptized. I've been baptized twice. I got baptized in Tate's Creek, and a little bit later, I was blessed to get baptized where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. But then I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I received, and can I tell you, for over 40 years, 41 years, I've been receiving and being refilled and being blessed and being, are y'all not hearing me? Repent, be baptized and just keep on receiving hallelujah the promises for all of you let, let me hurry let me hurry I want to say this that growth for a church is vital God never intended for us to be a little and I'm not criticizing anybody a little white clapboard whitewashed church on the side of the road with 12 people and some places that might be all that's possible I was in Honduras one time and I was preaching in a church that we paid for and bought the property and built over there doing a conference and preaching at night. And one day we had a free day and we went up into the rainforest and we, we drove in a Toyota four-wheel drive truck as far as we could go. And then it wouldn't go any farther and we got out and we walked for another mile. And there was a little old church sitting up on a knob in the rainforest and they had cut places out in the bank where we put our feet and our hands and climbed up the bank to get in the church. And when I got there, there was an old guitar hanging on the wall that was been hanging that damp weather and it was bowed. I tried to tune it. It was, it was beyond repair. It was beyond help. And all of a sudden, at church time, people started coming out of the rainforest. Amen. These, these Indian, indigenous Indians there in, in, there in Honduras, they started coming out of the rainforest. And they were kicking their old rubber boots off at the door and walking in that church barefooted. And they got in there, and all of a sudden, one of them grabbed that old guitar, and he started twitting or turning keys. And somehow, he got where it sounded about halfway decent. And then they started singing, and all of a sudden, the glory fell. And that, it sounded like a choir singing in that place the walls were reverberating and I looked around they wasn't but about 15 and there's anybody hearing me one of the best meetings I've ever been in in my life I, I'm here to tell you God has a place growth is vital amen the Bible said in verse number 40 amen he did exhort and testify and say save yourselves from the influence of this untoward evil generation then they that gladly received his word were baptized and God added to the church 3,000. Now let me go on. It doesn't stop there. A few days later, it's 5,000 men, not counting the women. And then after that, it starts saying the Lord added daily. And then it starts saying the number of the saints multiplied. And can I tell you, they literally, amen, in about 60 years, evangelized all that was known of the known world. They literally turned the world upside down. By the time 70 AD came along, can I tell you that Christianity was the official religion of Rome and the entire world. Somebody ought to praise him right there. They did it. Growth is vital. Romans 12 and 2, Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good 
and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our church mentality, come on, Brother Nick, our church mentality is I get people saved, I get them baptized, and we, they've had conferences on how to close the back door. In other words, don't let them get away. Just keep them. Well, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather get you discipled, baptized in the Spirit, empowered and gifted of the Holy Ghost, and then lose you to the world. Not, I don't mean going out into sin. I mean going out and preaching the gospel and planting churches and taking the world. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me close. 3,000 in one day. The Thompson Chain Reference Bible references this as an awakening. What an understatement. Then the Bible said in verse number 42, they continued steadfastly in breaking of bread, fellowship, and apostles' doctrine. They didn't quit. They stayed with it. How many glad you stayed with it after you got saved? How many in this room have been saved five years? Raise your hand at me. How many has been saved 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? 40 years? Woo! 50 years? Anybody? Glory. Heading that way. Steadfastness. The Bible said there was a young boy eight years old by the name of Josiah in 2 Kings 22 and 1. The Bible said he began to reign and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem and his mother named was Jedediah, the daughter of, of Boscath. Look at verse 2. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the ways of father, his David father, really was his grandfather. He turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. He was steadfast. Job 23 and 10, Job said it like this. He said, he knows the way I take right in the middle of all of his trouble, right in the middle of his, his three comforters that would come to accuse him. And he said, he knows the way I take when he's tried me, when he's, when he's tested me, I'll come forth as gold. Amen. He said, my foot hath held his steps. In other words, I've stayed on the path. I've stayed on. Can I, can I give you some advice? Will you listen to an old gray-headed preacher? Stay on the path. Straight's the path and narrows the way that leads to life. Few there be that find it. Broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Young people, hear me. There's all kinds of them out there wanting you to do dope, have sex, wanting you to party with them, wanting you to listen to their mess, get involved in their music when God's gifted you to use what you got for the kingdom. Stay on the path. Stay on the path because if you don't, the road they're taking goes to hell and that's where most of the people's going. Amen. Job said... My foot has kept his step, I've not, and, I, and I have not declined. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3.16. I love, I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. An old preacher told me one time, he said, amen. He said, if you can get Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego out of the fiery furnace and Daniel out of the lion's den, you've always got something to preach. Amen. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 16 answered the king and said, to, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we ain't worried about this. We're not careful. We don't even have to think about answering you in this matter. He said, when you hear the music play, fall down, worship the enemies. They said, we don't have to do that. Verse 17, if so be our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. God can do that. But if he don't, if I don't get out of this, are you with me? Understand this. I will not serve your God's I will not worship your image which you've set up. 
I'm going to be steadfast. Paul said unmovable, always abounding. The work of the Lord. Because we know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, or 1 Corinthians 15, he said, we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. God has said, I will not ever forget your faithfulness or your work. The Bible said, these are the blessed are those that die in the Lord. Because God himself wipes all the tears from their eyes. Never again will they know sorrow or pain or disappointment. But you know what it says? And their works follow. When you stand before God, you might think, man, I got out of that mess. I ain't got to put up that no more. You look behind you. There comes your works right behind you. Because all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to be judged for our works whether they were good or whether they were bad. So I've decided just to stay on the path just to be steadfast, unmovable. I decided to preach till as long as I got breath. I'm going to serve God as long as I can walk. As long as I can see another man look him in the face, I'm going to tell him about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's my Savior. He is Lord. He's God. And he's Christ. The anointed one. I don't need nothing else. I don't need anything the world has to offer. You know, it's all right to be blessed materially but it's more importantly more important to be blessed spiritually can I give you a word the blessing of God doesn't consist of the abundance of things that's just the side effects of being blessed the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow I saw them people in Honduras and Guatemala and Ecuador and the Philippines and in Africa and in Egypt and places where I've been I've seen people that's never had a new pair of shoes on their feet and never had new clothes on their back and I've seen them stand and worship God till tears ran off their face and dripped on that dirt floor and they had mud amen between their feet they cried and praised God so long happy one old, one old Guatemalan brother said I feel like hard times are coming and the brothers with the, we went there with looked at him and said hard times said you live in a mud hut you ain't got no electricity. Your wife cooks outside on a fire. You ain't got no furniture. He said, I know, but hard times are coming. He said, but we got a little citrus and we got some beans. And my wife can patch our clothes. And then he looked up and looked at me with a twinkle in his eye and said, besides, I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Hallelujah, I got Jesus. I'm going to be all right. Can you say amen no matter where I'm at? So repent. I'm just glad you repented. Be baptized. Paul said, you know, there's water baptism, but he also said in 1 Corinthians, by one spirit, we're baptized into the body, which means being born again. Have you been saved? If you're here today and you come to watch somebody get baptized, God has snuck up on you. You see, it's either contempt or conviction with Jesus. You have to take him or leave him. There's no in-between. Will you take him today? If you need to, we'll, we've got time. You can come and pray and say, Lord, forgive me, and he'll do it. And set our hearts on you. Lord, come and do We hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. 
Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.